You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine fingered host. Dan Johnson. Monday, everybody, and welcome to another Hunter Profile podcast. And today we're going to be speaking with Landon Stevenson, and he shot his very first buck with a bow. And uh, it's a very impressive buck. And I don't know if I've ever talked about what I like uh, as far as whitetail characteristics are concerned. You could put uh, this buck up against this buck or a typical up against a non-typical granted I would shoot just about any mature buck that walked by my stand but I am a sucker for big eight pointers I don't know what it is but I just love big eight pointers um, Landon happened to shoot one this year it's tall and it's tight and it's very impressive and that's what we're going to be discussing today uh, it's Monday guys and I know Mondays really suck especially after uh, a weekend where you've been able to do whatever it is that you wanted to do, hang with the family, maybe even do a little hunting. Uh, shotgun season opened up here in Iowa, and uh, I'm not big into gun hunting, so I kind of laid off uh, the properties I I hunt, uh, let the shotgun hunter, hunters do their thing, and then uh, it's my job come late season to try to find uh, what the deer are doing where the food sources are and uh, try to get one pinned down I still have a couple doe tags that I'd like to uh, put some meat in the freezer but other than that guys uh, hopefully this podcast puts a smile on your face and it helps you get through uh, this Monday now I recently spoke with Matt Klein from Exodus Trail Cameras about their five-year warranty and here's what he had to say well, the first thing I'd say about our, you know, our five-year warranty is is that it's not one of those warranties where, unfortunately, like a lot of companies in this industry, in any industry for that matter, you call them up, you know, you have an issue with a product, 
And you kind of get the runaround about every other, you know, circumstance that could be at fault except for their product. So, you know, so many times I've called other camera companies back when I was using other products and, you know, they try to blame it on batteries or SD cards or give me the runaround about this or that. And, and it got so frustrating after a while that nobody would stand up for their products that that was a big part of what in a, what went into our five-year warranty. You know, our warranty, we like to call it a no BS warranty. So if you call us up at four years and 362 days, we're still going to take care of you no matter what. And that's our guarantee. So one is just having a warranty that actually means something and isn't just kind of a marketing tool was really big to us. But the reason that we're able to do that is because uh, one, because of our direct to consumer model, which I'm sure we'll talk about more Two would be the fact that we build our products to last and not to just turn around to get you through another year and then you can buy more products. We build them as tools instead of novelty items like a lot of companies unfortunately are still doing. When companies are in these big box retailers, everybody's fighting for the bottom dollar. Everybody wants to try to make a, a profit margin and there's a lot of different people trying to get their money out of, out of these products. So what happens is quality ends up getting driven down. And that's the number one most important thing to us here at Exodus is putting out products that we, we're not going to lose sleep at over at night, you know, wondering if they're going to stand up to the test of time. And, and that's something we hang our hat on and we're very proud of. If you guys want to find out more information about Exodus trail cameras, be sure to visit exodusoutdoorgear.com. And when you're ready to purchase in the discount code area, enter the code nine fingers. That's the number nine followed by the word fingers, and you will receive $20 off of your purchase. Now let's get into today's podcast with Landon Stevenson. All right. On the phone with me now is Landon Stevenson. How are you doing today, Landon? I'm great. How are you, Dan? I'm I'm doing great. And uh, when you sent me the picture of the buck that you killed this year, I uh, I have a feeling you're doing pretty good as well. Yeah, I was re- really excited to uh, to g- get my first buck with my bow this year, and uh, um, just just an incredible buck. Uh, uh, still still riding high, you know, two three weeks late after the after the kill. Right. No, what, did you just say this buck was the very first buck you ever killed with a bow? Uh, yeah, I've been bow hunting now for uh, oh, 10 years or so, but uh, um, I've we we always practice quality deer management all, on all of our farms and stuff. And I'd, I'd killed some deer with a rifle, so once I started bow hunting, I just you know started passing deer that I'd pass with my gun, and, and I never. Uh, so I've, I've passed several, several good deer with, with my bow. Um, but I, I never actually, actually I'd killed does and stuff with my, with my bow, but, uh, this was the fir- first buck I'd ever, I'd ever harvested with, with my bow. Okay. Now I kind of hate you a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> this buck is when, when I dream at night of giant eight pointers, this is what I dream about. This, this buck is completely ridiculously awesome. I, I absolutely love the tall tight and the fact that it's an eight pointer makes it even better yet. And that's just, for me, that's what I like. Yeah. Those, uh, those main beams, how they come around, they, they, uh, look like they, they, they touch in the middle. You can, you can get a couple fingers in, in, in between them. And, uh, 
um the 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 two the twos are longer than any twos I'd, I'd ever seen i i saw him you know one once before in, in the woods and i i told everybody that i i thought his g2s were were 15 inches long or 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 more and, and no nobody believed me but but now now they do um <laughs> um but I, i'm uh um you know i i it, it, it's not like i just walked out into the woods and, and it was the first right. first year i ever saw and shot right. i had hunted for 10 years so so don't, don't hate me too much. <laughs> I won't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But before we start getting into all this, uh, why don't you tell everybody where you're from, where you hunt and, uh, what you do for a living? Yeah. Well, I'm originally from, uh, from the Northeast Missouri, Southeast Iowa area. Um, but I, uh, uh, when, when I was still in high school, uh, my mom and, and stepdad, uh, moved down here with, with, with me to, uh, central florida and, and so I, I live down here and, and work down here now but uh but hunt mostly in, in northeast missouri and and every once in a while when i can get a tag in southeast iowa but uh um we uh we, we i live down here and I, i'm self-employed uh, my wife and i have a uh a small business that, that we run we uh do gourmet seasonings and, and blends and uh sell online and, and at uh at festivals and farmers markets around central florida well, that's cool for barbecue. Uh, yeah, we do, we do some, some seasonings for, for barbecue and, and meat and also some for, uh, for, for mixing in for uh, other recipes and, and, uh, uh, like chip dips and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> so how, how old were you? Like, so you were kind of, you were born and raised a little bit in North central Missouri, right? Yep. Uh, Northeast corner of, of, of Missouri, uh, 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 just about six miles from the Iowa line, um, was, is where I was, I was born and, and, uh, um, lived in, lived there and, and, uh, and my parents got divorced and, and, uh, uh, we relocated to, uh, uh, Southeast Iowa, um, just about an hour from, from where I had lived in Missouri there. And, um, so lived there until my, uh, freshman year of high school, my, uh, my stepdad got a, got a job opportunity, uh, in central Florida. And so we, uh, we uprooted then and, and moved down here. My, my, uh, my dad has always lived in the, uh, in the St. Louis area and, uh, okay. um, uh, with family up in Northeast Missouri. So we, we always, uh, uh, grew up hunting and fishing, uh, Northeast Missouri primarily and, and, uh, and some in, in Iowa. And when we, uh, um, so when I, when I moved down here, the deer hunting, as you know, isn't quite the same in Florida as it is, uh, Iowa and Missouri. So I never really started hunting down here too much. I would always just, uh, take some time off and go up there every year and, uh, and hunt the family property there in, uh, in Northeast Missouri. Okay. So how far of a drive is it from where you live in Florida to, uh, Northern Missouri when you, where you uh, go back to hunt? Yeah, it, it, it takes about 16 hours to get up there. So we, uh, we usually try to get just to St. Louis to my dad's house, which is 13 hours, uh, the first day, uh, hang out with him and, and then, uh, dr- drive up the rest of the way, uh, the, the next morning and, and stay, stay with my grandparents or, uh, or other friends up, up that way. Okay. So, so it's good. It's a good halfway, halfway point for you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's a, it, it's an all day drive the first day, and then and then to St. Louis, and and then you 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 get in 
you know, in good time the next day, you've only got three, four hour drive. Nice. Nice. That by that, by then you're kind of refreshed and ready to go when you get there. That's right. So talk to me about the farm that you ended up harvesting this buck off of, um, Talk, talk to us about the terrain. Talk to us about the layout. Um, how, how many acres is it? Uh, you know, what kind of features are there on this property? Well, it's a, it's about a 300 acre piece. Uh, uh, there's a gravel road that splits the, uh, uh, that runs e- east and west and, and splits the, uh, the north about maybe 180. And then there's, there's, uh, uh, on the south side, there's another, 120 or so. Um, and so, uh, uh, the, most of the hunting, uh, is on the, is on the North 180. The South part is mainly pasture with a couple of ditches, uh, br- brushy ditches going, going through it. Um, we, we have hunted down there in the past, but, but most of the, most of the deer hang out on the, on the North side of the farm there. And, uh, and, that, and that's where this hunt took place. And so there's, uh, there's, there's a mix of, of, mature oak timber with uh uh with some with some crop fields and uh and then some some kind of cedar uh brushy field type areas where where they where they bed up a lot and then they kind of cruise cruise through the timber some on the way to the uh to to the crop fields and this year uh it was in standing standing beans when i was i was up there there hunting the uh uh, farmer hadn't gotten it out yet. He usually doesn't get it out. Um, mo- most years until really late. I've, uh, I've muzzleloader hunted, uh, in, in late December over standing beans there in the past. Okay. So what's the, what's the population in that area? Like as far as the, the number of deer and my question is, I knew, know there was a big disease outbreak that wiped out um, herds in northern uh, Missouri, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, I think. I, maybe I'm not 100% sure, but I Yeah, I hear you're some, right on. Okay. So did you see that big disease hit your or this particular farm? Not this particular farm. There, there, there's a few other, other properties around the area that, that we hunt that – that, that were affected and it was it was ehd um was the uh what was the outbreak and so so any any areas that didn't have you know a, a lot of water that that that's where they where they got especially uh uh th- this one the north property line is is uh is a little river um that's always got constant moving water so there's not that stagnant stagnant water where they where the midges can can mate right. and, and go crazy so um so that so that constant moving water, I, I think, kind of saved this property. A lot of the other properties around around the area, if they weren't, uh, you know, within easy access to to one of those those rivers or streams, uh, re- really suffered. Um, and we we found several dead bucks. Uh, I've got a, a six by six. I'm looking here at, at on my wallet. A, a, you know, a twelve pointer that's uh, uh, that we found. He'd probably go a hundred and I think I think we measured him in the in the mid one sixties. Um, and, and we, 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 we found him on, on another farm and, and, and we, we found se- several dead bucks, uh, and the, the pop, the population did, did suffer some, um, f- through that, but, but, uh, I don't think our, our area w- was 
as affected. I, I'd heard some people say they lost half their deer or, or more yeah. and even more than that. But but I, I don't think uh, in this particular area we ever lost that many, but we, we were affected. And I think it was in the uh, summer of 2012 is when was when that was the worst for us and and every year i guess they say that some that some uh ehd is 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 you know in in the area just you know if, if there's a little bit of a drought here and there but uh but like i said this property usually isn't affected by by that um and then there is the the cwd is, is we are in the cwd containment zone one county over they had found some cwd um and so so we have uh uh, we have to check check our deer in uh, um, to to have them tested for CWD, and and they they lifted the uh, four point antler restriction. They want some, they, they they want people to kill younger bucks in in there to uh, to bring the deer numbers down so CWD doesn't spread. Um, but but we've never um, we're kind of on the eastern part of the state or the uh, county, and and uh, is the county to the west of us that that had the. Uh, had the outbreak and so so we we've never had had any of it around us and so we we've continued just the the quality deer management um idea the idea that we've always had so did you notice after that disease went through and they started lifting the restriction on antler size did you notice any quality drop in the you know the amount of big antlered bucks or or an older age class in that area um, we, we, we haven't, um, and like, like I said, over there where, uh, in the actual County that, that it, that the CWD was found, they, uh, ha- they hired sharpshooters to, to wipe out oh, some deer numbers r- right there around where, where it was, wh- where they found it. And, uh, I, I, I would, would expect that over there, you know, you definitely tell, tell a difference, but, but, uh, they're kind of just, we're in a CWD containment zone and they're just kind of monitoring red forest and they haven't found any any deer with cwd and I, I know rifle season's over now and that they tested all the deer i think it was mandatory that the the opening weekend of rifle season so uh here in a couple of weeks they're supposed to have the, the test results back for all those deer and and ho- hopefully if everything's negative they'll go back to uh to limiting the number of deer you can shoot and all that so we can we can you know stop any but i think all the areas around us are um most of the most of the landowners around there are kind of uh, similar minded and they're they're trying to shoot four and a half or older deer and um and we've uh we've kind of had had that mindset for a few years there so i, I think we're we're uh pretty good from a, a quality of deer standpoint right so kind of going back even further yet now let's let's talk a little bit about how you grew up hunting um Missouri is a rifle state, right? And when does that start? Yep, um, Missouri is a rifle state, and uh, usually it comes in the uh, uh, right when your bow hunting starting to get good. About the second second Saturday of uh, of, of November is usually the uh, the op- opening day there. So uh, this year it was the the twelfth of uh, I, I believe it was the twelfth of November was was opening day, and it runs for nine days. And, uh, two, two weeks before that Saturday, they'll, they'll have a, uh, so usually right around the end of October 1st or November, they have this, a two day youth season. And so I, I, uh, uh, that, that, that's when I, uh, you know, as, as I was growing up, I'd always get in on the, the youth hunt that, that right at the end of October 1st or November. 
and that that that's I think that's a a great thing for uh, to to get young kids in, into the sport because uh, they can take a rifle out there, you know, right right when there's a lot of bucks uh, starting to get in, interested at the end of October first first of November those that that first weekend usually is when is when it falls and it's it's a really good opportunity for uh, for kids kids to get out there and have an opportunity to to, to see a lot of deer on their on their feet. Nice. So, speaking of kids, how old were you when you started hunting? Um, well, I've, my, uh, my grandpa was in charge of, uh, taking care of, care of me while my, while my dad went out hunting. Um, and so what happened was, uh, the first year he didn't take me out, but I was about 18 months old. The first time I went deer hunting with him, he, uh, he parked his truck out on the hillside and, and, uh, um, he was in charge of watching me. So I'd, I'd sit in the back and, and flip through my, my little books and play with my toys while, while he sat there hunting. And I haven't missed a deer season in Missouri since, since then. I haven't always rifle hunted. I've, I've moved more toward, towards bow hunting, but, uh, um, that, that was my, my first, uh, deer hunting trip was, was about 18 months old, uh, with my grandpa sitting, um, sitting on a hillside in his old, old truck, seeing if there were any deer would, would cross his little pasture there. Um, and, uh, ever, ever since then, uh, um, I've been, been hunt, hunting every year in, in some, some fashion, uh, as a first year I carried a rifle into the woods would have been, uh, the youth season when I was seven years old and I shot a doe that year, uh, with, with my dad. Um, and, uh, that was really how my dad and I spent time together. Uh, when I was young, my really young, my parents got a divorce. And so my dad, uh, moved to St. Louis. And, uh, I moved with so my mom and my stepdad to, uh, to Iowa. So every weekend we'd meet in the middle of my grandparents' house or every other weekend when my dad had me, we'd meet him. And that's where all the hunting was there in, in Northeast Missouri for us. And so that's kind of how we spent a lot of time together. Most weekends growing up, I would, uh, would be doing some sort of hunting or fishing, uh, with my dad in, in Northeast Missouri. And, uh, we'd, uh, you know, hunt squirrels, hunt turkeys and, uh, fish and, and when the when the fall ro- rolled around, we'd be uh, we'd be chasing deer. Nice, nice. Now, so from seven to how old were you before you started? You know, getting into to bow hunting. Um, from from seven into my my first year bow bow hunting, I was I was thirteen. Um, my my dad wanted me to be able to pull back uh, forty five pounds with my bow before before he let me shoot at a deer and, and that's when uh, uh i was 13 i could pull back uh pull back enough and i could uh um so i went out hunting and, and uh killed a deer that that year with my bow uh, just a just a doe um but i've uh loved it ever 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 since the I've, i mean i've I'd been shoot, shooting a bow since younger than that uh at the 3d targets and stuff and lo- loved carrying a bow into the woods and then so uh so I, I'd always been eager to get out there. He, he was always going out hunting and I, I'd sit between his legs or, or, uh, he'd, he'd put a hang on stand up above his and I'd, I'd sit in that and, uh, we'd, we'd hunt, uh, hunt together every weekend, him carrying a bow. And then finally I was able to carry a bow. And, um, when I was about 13 and I've been bow hunting, uh, ever since then, I'm 22 now. So that's, uh, it's about nine years, 10 years. Okay. So, were you successful with a rifle at all before you made the transition into bow hunting? 
Um, yeah, I've, I've got, uh, um, four bucks that, that, uh, that I would consider, um, you know, mature, mature bucks with, with, with a, with a rifle and, um, most, uh, three of them came between the age of, of, of seven and 12. Um, they're all four and a half year old deer. One, uh, my, my best was 148 inch, uh, 10 pointer, um, when, when I was, uh, 11 years old. And, um, so, so I had some success, success then, uh, you, usually, uh, either in the, in the youth season, uh, right before the, the main rifle season would kick off or, uh, or opening weekend of rifle season was always usually pretty good too. And, uh, so we, we, we had quite a bit of success, uh, those uh those first uh, couple weekends of that i could carry a gun into the woods nice now back to bow hunting you know 13 years old were you going into the timber with your dad or your grandpa or uh did you start off maybe with a little help getting into the timber and then how long until you were going and sitting in a tree stand by yourself um so yeah but at at 13 i had already i i had been been rifle hunting with my dad for several years and and uh um so, so i i had always to sit by yourself in missouri you have to take the hunter safety course and so i i had, ta- I had taken that um when i was i was 10 and and when i was 11 that the next uh net, when the next rival season rolled around i started studying by myself in a stand and he would my dad would walk me to the uh to the base of the tree and make sure i got up okay and and, and clipped in and they're all uh all of our all of our stands back then were, uh, were, were ladder stands. Um, right. and, uh, now we use some hang on stands. So it, it was pretty, pretty safe procedure. And we, we always, uh, um, so, so when I was 11, I started rifle hunting by, by myself. So when it came time to bow hunt, um, I, I just right away started, started set, setting by myself during, during the bow, the bow season also. Um, I had the, the last couple of years, uh, between when I started setting by myself and, and, and bow hunt, bow hunting by myself i um i during the bow season i, I would run a camera for, for for my dad uh because just because i wasn't quite strong enough to pull a bow back yet um so so i would i'd just to have something to go along and do with him i'd i'd sit up and, and run a camera for him we got a couple of his uh his kills on on camera back back then okay so how old were you when you ended up harvesting your first deer with a bow? Um, that, that first year I, I killed, I killed a doe with, with my bow, um, in, uh, in early October, the season starts, uh, September 15th in Missouri, uh, with your, for, for bow season. But we, uh, um, usually, uh, um, you know, school was, was just getting started and stuff. And we usually started focusing on bow hunting more towards the, the, the middle of October or, or, uh, early part of October. And so we, we were, bo- uh, bow hunted, uh, that first year, I think my, my first weekend out, I didn't, I, I didn't see anything, but the, the next weekend I, uh, saw a couple deer and, and got a shot at a doe at 15 yards. And, and, uh, we, uh, I was able to, to make a good shot and we, we recovered her. And, uh, so that was my first year with a bow at, at 13. Can you, can you remember, like, walk us through that first deer? Uh, did you get nervous on the shot? Did you, um, I, cause I can remember shooting 
my very first ever buck with a bow. And uh, that didn't happen until I was 25 or 26. And I was shaking like a leaf. What What was your first experience like? Uh, yeah, so I, I, had, I had killed, you know, se- several, several bucks, but uh, before that with, with a rifle, never with a bow. And so, um, so when that, when that first, uh, first doe c- came in and uh, uh, sh- she, she was coming in and I, I remember having my raid, range finder and, and I knew dad had told me before, you know, not, he, he wanted me to shoot only 25 yards or in um, with, with my setup because he was worried about penetration and, and uh, if, if it got too far out there and, and worried about shot placement and, and, and everything. So I, I remember just, I probably ranged her she was browsing through there. I probably arranged her 50 or 75 times as she, as she was getting closer, waiting for her, waiting for her to get, to get, to get closer. And I kept, you know, and, and, uh, she, she just hung out there at, at 40 and then, and then 38 and I kept clicking and clicking and clicking. And, um, and she, she, as she, she moved in and finally, finally, uh, she was within 25 yards, but she was in some really thick brush and was kind of quartering too. And I couldn't, couldn't get a shot. And so I kept, I, I kept ranging her and, and she, she got in and, uh, she finally cleared the brush. It, uh, and she, she was in about, she was into about 15 there. And, uh, so I, I, I clicked, clicked in and, and, uh, got drawn back and, and she, she caught me drawn back and, and looked, looked up. And I, I remember at, at full draw, I was just looking at her, trying to, trying to, you know, get the pin settled, but she was, start starting to spook there and i got the pin settled finally and 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 squeezed off the shot and uh, uh you know hit hit her right behind the shul- shoulder where where i was was aiming and double lunged her and um she ran off and i still don't know you know most most of the time uh if they catch you catch you moving like that it it's over but uh um she just she just kept bobbing her head and looking up and uh um, trying to figure out what I was. She just didn't, I guess she just caught me, maybe caught me out of the corner of her eye a little bit. She didn't have it completely figured out. And so, um, she, she, she took off after the shot and, um, I was in, I was in some pretty thick, some pretty thick timber there. And, and, uh, she, she got out of sight pretty quick on me. Um, and, uh, so I right, right away, uh, texted my dad and told him, and we still had, an, it was an evening hunt. We still had a couple hours before before dark she came in real early and um i was i was excited and ready, ready to go look for her and and uh dad told me to just to just to give her some time of course you know and uh right right i didn't i i i didn't listen uh so i i, I got down and um uh he, he had told me to, to to wait in the stand there and um and he, you know he, he'd come he'd give her an hour and, and, and then we'd, we'd come and we'd, he'd come and look and find the arrow and we'd, we'd start to look for her. And so I, uh, I, I, you know, considered my options and, and decided I could get down and go at least look at the arrow. And, uh, so I went and looked at the arrow and, and there was good blood. And so I said, well, at least I could find, uh, fi- find first blood on the ground. And so I, I, I did, I did that and, uh, there was good blood there. And so I just kept going and, uh, Pretty, pretty soon uh she only went about 60 yards I, I i found her laying there and uh so then so then i had to text dad and tell him i didn't didn't listen to him but i found my deer and right. uh and 
he 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 he, he, ne- he, ne- he never got upset about it or anything. He, yeah, he 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 told me, you know, congratulations, and and uh, he he got down and came on over there. We we were hunting fairly close close together, and uh, so he probably figured by the time I got down and tromped through the woods and stuff like that, I there you know probably wasn't going to be much more action anyway. So right. he, uh, he 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 came he came on over and and uh, we uh, you know took a couple pictures there and got her field dressed and, uh, got her out. And I, I was really excited, um, for, you know, to harvest my fir- first year with a, with a bow. Um, and, uh, it, w- it wasn't until, uh, until I really, you know, got down and, and found the arrow that, that I, I was fairly calm up to, up till that point. But then when I, when I found the arrow, um, and it was just soaked with, soaked with blood, I, I, I still remember that and every, Every time I shoot a deer, that's uh, now with, with with my bow. I just can't wait to um, go look at that arrow, and and uh, it's just uh, it's awesome to me when I when when that arrow is just soaked with that dark red blood, and and that's when you really know that you know I I, I made a good shot, and I'm gonna find this deer, and and uh, you know so, I did I did what I was supposed to do. So how how was it? Was it different for you? I mean, I've I've, not, I've never really been into gun hunting and I, I didn't really start out gun hunting. I, I, I kind of just started out bow hunting and, um, I mean, I, I hunted with a gun before, but never really got excited about it. But there's, there was something about bow hunting that, that spoke to me. And that's why I, I now I, I solely only bow hunt. Um, was there a difference on that particular bow kill than, with, uh, you know, the previous gun kills that you've had? Yeah. Ever, ever since then, I've, uh, I've really focused more, more on bow hunting. It, um, it, it just, for, for, for me, it's all about t- time in the woods and, and with a, with a gun, I could usually tag out in a, in a weekend on a, on, on a de- decent buck. And, and it's, uh, and, and then my, you know, your, your season's, season's over and i like to spend a lot as much time as i can in the woods and and the seasons are so much longer with the bow and and it, it's such more it's so, so much more of a challenge that uh that i i've always i've always gravitated more towards that you know ever ever, ever since that first opportunity to start hunt, hunting with a bow it's just uh you know you have to get you have to get so, so close so much closer than you do with a gun and um it's uh it's a real, real thrill when it, uh, uh, when, when everything goes your way and you have, you have to, you know, pay so much more attention to, uh, to wind and, and stand placement and all that. than when you do with a rifle and you can shoot 200 yards pretty easy. Right. Right. So now you're, you know, you're 13. Did, did you still continue to gun hunt or did bow hunting kind of take over at this point? Yeah, I, I still, I still would rifle hunt, uh, for the, for the next uh, several years. Um, and, uh, and have, have rifle hunted. Um, I guess, uh, last year was the first year I, year I didn't rifle hunt and then I didn't, I didn't again this year. Um, it's, uh, we have a lot of friends that come up and rifle hunt and it's, it's a great, great time to spend, to spend with, uh, with friends and, and stuff like that. But it's, uh, 
uh, like I said, it's all about time in the woods. And so for, for me, and so when I get a chance to get into the woods and hunt, I'm going to do it. Right. And so, uh, I enjoy bow hunting more and I, I might rifle hunt again someday, but, uh, last couple of years I've just had such a blast bow hunting that I've been up there to bow hunt. And then, uh, when rifle season comes in, I'll hang out with the guys. Okay. So now we're going to, we're going to fast forward all the way until kind of present day. And I'm going to ask some general questions first, but then we're going to get into the story of the buck that you killed. But these days, how do you approach your season, you know, being able to hunt in North central Missouri, but living so far away? Um, are you running trail cameras? Kind of, kind of talk me through how you prepare for the archery season. Yeah. So, so li- living in Florida and, and then going up there to hunt, it's a little bit difficult. Um, so uh, w- with our, with with, uh, with our work, we, we do uh, have a little bit of freedom since we're self-employed. We we do some uh, we we travel up there in, in the summertime in uh, in June and do a couple of uh, events with uh, and, and sell our sell our products up there. And that's the right more that's that's more for me to be able to get out there and and get some trail camps put up, put up and some some mineral stations set and stuff like that. And uh, so so we put cameras over mineral basically in. Uh, in, in mid to early June, early to mid June. And then, uh, and then we, I'm not back until we do an event up there in September. And, uh, then I'll usually try to change from, uh, from the, I'll, I'll check, I'll check my cams and see what's going on there. And, uh, the deer are starting to go hard horned then. And so I'll, I'll change to, uh, to, I'll, start some, a couple mock scrapes or uh, put them up on, on field edges to see if I can get some pictures of deer coming into the beans and, uh, and, uh, then some heavily, heavily traffic trail, high, high traffic trails and stuff like that. And we'll put our, put our trail cameras there. And, uh, um, my dad's up there quite often, but, but I haven't got him trained on how to switch cards without without messing messing the camera up here <laughs> always so so uh after a couple episodes of of not having any pictures we we just uh we just uh, we just wait until i get up there to, to do the cards and hopefully we'll we'll get him trained one of these days so i can get some more recent information but uh right now what we're doing is just uh just sticking with uh with with me changing the cards when, when i get up there so i change I, I put the cameras out in in june and uh they stay until September and I move, I check the cards and, and move them to scrapes then. And then, uh, I usually get up there the end of October or for first part of November to, to hunt. And, uh, I'll, I'll check them then. Uh, if, if I get the, the right wind to check them with, or I'm going into a, to a certain stand or something like that, I'll, I'll, I'll check them then. Um, just to, just to see. And we've got, uh, on a couple different, uh, on, on a different farm, we, we had pictures, uh, the first, the, the first pictures I saw when I checked the pictures of in, in September and I, I didn't send you a picture of this one yet. I'll, I'll, uh, have to send you a picture of the, of the velvet buck that we got, but he had, uh, he was a big mainframe nine pointer, uh, with, uh, with two, uh, I guess stickers coming, com- coming off of his base, but they're, they're, uh, like one of them's 12 inches long and the other is probably eight, eight inches long off, off of his right, off of his right base. 
Um, and, uh, we were, we were calling him the, uh, the really big one for a while. And, and this other 10 pointer that he, that he always showed up with, it, uh, was probably a mid, mid one fifties class 10 pointer. We we're always calling one, the really big one and the other, the other, the big one. And we figured we needed better <laughs> names and they always, they, they always showed up together. So, so, so now one's Batman and one's Robin nice. and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be up there in a, uh, a couple of weeks here for, for, uh, for the holidays. And I'm going to try to do some, uh, late season bow hunting and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get one of those. They've, they're, uh, they were still there when I checked the pictures in, in, no, in November, but they, uh, we, we they are, weren't ever there on a consistent basis, just kind of move, moving through now and then. And, uh, and, and usually, usually at night on, on, uh, the, the edge of this bean field. So hopefully, uh, I, I didn't have any real, uh, I mean, I always hoped that they'd come walking by while I was up there, but, but I never really expect, expected them to with the, uh, trail cam pictures that I had. Right. And, uh, and so ho- hopefully, uh, late season, they'll start to show some, some activity during the daylight or, or, uh, the standing beans that we have, will uh, we'll draw, we'll draw them out during the daylight and we'll, we'll have an opportunity at them during the late season. Okay. So do you guys plant any food plots or is it you, is the food on this property basically just, uh, the farm fields, the ag fields, and then like whatever natural food sources they have. Yep. So, so the, uh, the property that I killed them on, killed this buck on was, uh, we, we don't ever, uh, get the opportunity to plant food plots, but like I said, the, the farmer plants the, uh, uh, plants some, some beans or, or corn. And, uh, this year it was beans and, and, uh, he, he's really, really bad about getting them out. So, uh, so usually we, we have those to hunt on at least during the, uh, the rut and some, and sometimes in the late season as well. But, um, but usually the crops are, are still standing come, uh, come the first part of november when i come up there to to bow hunt and uh and then on 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 the property that i have the picture the the trail cam picks of these other bucks which is which is real close by that um to um it it, it's it's less than a mile away we uh uh we we don't plant food plots but we have a farmer come in and and planted it it's basically 40 acres it's a basically a 40 acre what used to be a pasture that that we uh that uh that my my grandpa owned and and that's where he'd always go park his truck and wait for deer to deer to run by um well we, since uh since we're we're not farmers anymore like he used to run cattle in there now we we just rented it out to a uh a, a farmer to to plant beans in into it and he uh for the last couple of years he's been putting beans to it and he uh uh, and sort of renting it to him uh for for cash we rent it to him for uh for him to leave part of them for us he le- he leaves about a third of them and then he take he takes two thirds out nice. so uh so we nice. we always have sta- uh, st- standing food there in the in the late season okay so tell me about this buck uh actually before we get into that buck tell me how on this, on the property that you ended up shooting this buck on, tell me how the deer move. Um, tell me like describing in as much detail as possible, where they bed to where they're going. If there's particular food sources, you know, you said you had these beans, is that the main food source on the property or are there like some acorn flats or, uh, 
some other ag fields that they're going and how how are you setting up on that particular piece of property to, to intercept that movement well the uh um the particular the, the main food sources is usually the 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 ag field there the standing beans we, we do have some mature oak timber that that will will produce you know acorns on on a, on a good year and uh um th- this year we we didn't on that particular property we, we didn't see a lot of a, a lot of mass crops so we uh we kind we kind of keyed in on on the beans there's there a lot of acti- activity uh around the bean fields and they they kind of come from uh from from bedding areas which are which the bedding areas on, on this farm are mainly on the eastern side of the property and uh they're uh kind of cedar cedar thickets and, and brushy like a brushy field and and some cedar thickets and we always feel uh, and sh- when we go shed hunting, we always find sheds there and, and, and find big beds and, and lots of beds in, in there. And so we, we always find, find the deer beds there. And so we figure that's, that's major bedding area there. And, and there's some, uh, some mature oak timber between, between where the, the ag field lays. And it, it's a long, skinny, skinny ag field, probably only, uh, running north and south. It's at the widest point. It's probably only, a uh, hundred yards wide, but it's, it's maybe four or 500 yards long running, running North and South. And, um, okay. and so it, it's, it sets up really good. The, uh, uh, and then there, there's more, you know, more, more timber on the, uh, on the timber, the bedding area on the far East and then, uh, timber. And then this little skinny ag field that stretches back into there. And, um, and then, uh, stretches north and south and then at the south end it opens up into into a bigger ag field but there's a skinny chute that runs all the way back in there and then uh and then on the west to the west of there there's there's uh more more timber and and uh it kind of gets real brushy back in there and we we don't go back into the to the kind of the northwest prop part of the property too often because uh uh there, there's a lot of bedding bedding area back in there too and it's hard it's it's kind of hard hard to access uh uh, you have to go through a lot of timber between uh, uh, to, to to get back to it, and you never know when there's going to be deer between point A and point B. So we kind of kind of kind of leave that part and kind of hunt the fringes of the of the bedding area on the on the east, and and then hunt this uh, hunt the hunt the ag field that that runs back into the timber there, or uh, or just you know in, into the timber a little ways from from that ag ag field um from the bean field there and that's uh we we see a lot of action on the far north end of that uh long skinny bean bean field uh it it drops uh there's a there's a tree line and then it drops off really steep there's there's a cliff there um that drops off and uh then the then the river, which is the north property line, is at the base of that of, of, of that real steep drop off, and it's it's not it's not a it's not a cliff, but it, it's steep enough that the deer don't walk straight up right there um, from from the river to the um, to to the property. And then uh, on the other side of the river, on the neighboring property, there's a uh, at the that's probably a hundred feet below below you when you're when you're sitting there um, on the on the far north end of that that field um 
you can you can look north onto the other property and there's 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 a big bottom of of either corn or beans usually and so the deer uh that's kind of de- of a destination spot for them and they, they they uh will feed out into that um but but usually not until um right at the end of shooting light or, or after shooting light but our little bean field is kind of a staging area for them up on top and then they 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 kind of work through to a more gradual spot in the drop down and and work out on onto those uh to, to the to the neighboring property okay so now we can finally start talking about this particular buck um how many years of history did you have with them did you have any encounters with them any trail camera pictures any sheds um before the this year that you actually shot him yeah so uh we we never got any trail cam pictures of them. We did have trail cam pictures of a of another buck there that's a hundred and forty inch eight pointer that 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 I was I was after, and he was showing some some daylight act activity in and around that that uh, skinny skinny bean field there. And so we uh, um, I was kind of hoping to hoping to see see him when I went in when I went in there, and and uh, with a with a south wind. It, it lays that that's parcel lays out really nice. You can you can get into that. You can you can walk down the river and uh, uh, we've got a we've got a rope uh, that we can we can scale that scale that wall uh, that 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 cliff that the deer don't. It's not a cliff, but but deer, it's steep enough that deer don't want to walk up it. We've got a rope that we can kind of pull ourselves up and and get into the north side uh, with the south wind, and then our wind carries out over the over the cliff there so so it, it lays out really nice and so i was going in after that buck and uh, i i sat here last year uh, about the same time of year first uh first week in november and and uh uh not in not really after any particular buck we we uh hadn't had a lot of good trail cam pictures that was actually one of the episodes where dad had checked the trail cam and and uh and then we in 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 september and, and then we'd so we didn't have any pictures from September until I got there in November and was expecting to have, to have pictures. He had, he had checked it. And so, so, uh, something had messed up and the camera was off. And so, uh, so we, we didn't really know what was going on on that, on that particular property because a couple of the trail cams had, uh, had right, right in there had been messed up, but it had always been a good travel corridor for the, for those deer cutting that with the South wind cutting the, uh, the North side of that field. Uh, the the wind is to to the buck's advantage or the, any deer's advantage. Uh, just cutting across there, they can smell anything out in that field. But then we're right out right on that cliff, and so that so they can't they can't smell smell us, and our wind's carrying out behind us. And so oh, I nice. hunted there last year, and uh, they uh, I, I saw this I, I saw the bucks that I ended up up, up shooting, um, and he. he he came, he came across that field at about 60 yards. And, uh, you know, he was, he was just cruising across, cruising across there, um, going from, from one block of timber on the east side to the block of timber on the west side. And, uh, it was, I want to say it was around three o'clock in the afternoon. I saw him, I got him to stand it around two and, and, uh, and then he, he cruised through about three o'clock in the afternoon and huge, huge buck. And, and, uh, he, he hadn't, he didn't put on a lot of inches from, from when I saw him last year to, to this year. 
Um, so it's about, it's about the same caliber of, of, of deer, maybe a little, maybe not quite as, as tall on the, on the twos and threes, but, uh, about the same quality of deer. And, and we were, uh, uh, we, when I saw him cross there, I, I, you know, he, he was just, just out of range. And so I, uh, I threw a couple of grunts at him and he, and he looked my way and put his head back down and, and kept going. And then, uh, this? this was for, first week in November. I'm, I'm going to say the, this right around the second or the third of, of November. Okay. Now, uh, back in 20, that would have been 2015, 2015. Okay. So yeah. do you feel that the property that you were hunting was his core area or do you feel he was just taking an occasional trip outside of his core area onto your property? Yeah. I, I, I think this is one of those, those an, annual rut trips that, that, that he might've been taken because we, we never got a trail camera picture of this deer and we had four cameras run, running on the, uh, on the 180 acres North of the road. Um, okay. and so, so, uh, we, we never got a picture of him. I, I think he just kind of cru- cruises through, um, during, during the rut, ch- uh, ch- checking for some hot does and, and, uh, uh, la- last year, I didn't know if he was a homebody or not because we didn't have any, any of those pictures, uh, from September through, through November. But I, I know once I got there in November, I, I never got any pictures of him. Okay. Um, and so, so. And and then this this year uh, we we had the cameras running running really good uh, all, all the way up to the time I got there. And when I checked when I checked the trail cameras again, we didn't have any pictures of him. But there was a hundred and forty inch four and a half year old eight, eight pointer that that uh, had been a decent deer on the farm last year, and and uh, that, that we had we had passed on on a couple occasions. And and uh, so I was going in after him this this year and. Uh, ended up having an encounter with, with him this, this year, uh, on, on that bean field, but, but out of range. And, uh, um, but, but the, the deer I ended up killing, I, I, I definitely would think he's, he's just one of the, uh, deer that, that, that come in there on a, uh, uh, dur- during the rut to, uh, to look for does. We have a, a lot of does on the property and, uh, and I'd heard, heard you and, and, uh, uh, others on the, on the podcast and, and on the wired to hunt podcast also talking about, you know, maybe annual patterns and, and stuff like that. And I, I knew I'd seen this buck one time last year. And, uh, so I, I kind of had it in the back of my mind, man, it'd be cool if I saw that buck again, whereas the, whereas main beams almost come up and touch in the middle, but, uh, um, he really wasn't but, on you know, your radar, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. I definitely wasn't going in there to there hunting that buck because I thought he. Uh, I, I'd I'd never seen an annual pattern thing like that before, but I'd heard you guys talk about it. And I was like, well, you know, I was here last year and it ha- and I saw him, so maybe. But right. but I was more hunting that hunting that other eight pointer that that uh, we we'd had quite a few trail cam pictures of. Okay, so talk to me about some of the other. I mean you said before we started recording that the, that you had some other bucks on the property that were really good and that you were looking forward to, you know, to, to maybe hope, you know, hopefully having an encounter with what were some of those deer that you also had running around on your property? Yeah. So, so the, the, the eight pointer is, is, is probably the, the, the main one that, that, He's a four and a half year old eight pointer that, that we'd passed last year when he was three and a half. And, 
Um, he's maybe in the upper 120s, low 130s last year. We had, we had passed him uh, a couple of times from from that set, and uh, so we were we were hope we're, we're, he he was my main target this year, and uh, on on that particular farm, uh, there was another old, really old deer that we've we've had pictures of for uh, for. I want to say he's been a mature he's been a mature deer on the on the hit list for four years, um, okay. so so that that put him around that seven or eight range, and he, he's he's never really done much in the antler category, but but at this point he's a huge bodied deer and really old and 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 one that that if he if he ever came came past the tree stand we would uh, we would definitely definitely put an arrow through him. Um, but he, he he's not going to score score hardly anything. Maybe a hundred and hundred and ten or one hundred and fifteen. He's he's a he's a little eight pointer with a, with a fork off of his off of his G two and and some some little little one or two inch kickers off the bases. Um, so he he's just an old gnarly deer that we'd we'd love to uh, lo- love to get a get a shot at sometime. And then uh, and then on on the other. On the other farm, about uh, that's that's not quite a mile away. We we've got pictures of uh, of a really big ten pointer, and then that that mainframe nine, uh, the the two we call Batman and Robin, um, that are uh, that that we're hoping to get a shot at here in a couple of weeks when I get up there for late for late season. But uh, but th- they're 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 also also in the area, and and during during the rut, um, I knew that was a that was a major funnel and uh, the the between the two big blocks of timber. And, and so I, I like to get in that spot anytime we have a South wind, which uh, with the warm weather, we had a lot of those this year. Right. Right. So, I mean, was this, and, and this buck that you killed this year, was this the first time when, when you ended up killing him this year, was it the very first time in the tree stand or, uh, on this property this year, or was it, uh, the first encounter that you had with this buck this, this year, or had you seen him a couple times before the, when the day that you ended up shooting him? No. Uh, so, so I shot, I ended up shooting him on, uh, no, November 4th. It was a Friday, uh, fr- Friday evening. The, uh, the first time I came in to hunt that stand was, uh, what was the, the night before the, the evening before that we had a South wind. And, uh, um, this, this is a spot, like I said, you we can access it from the river down below, pull ourselves up on, on a rope and get into this stand with, without, without bumping, bumping any deer. And, and, uh, it's a spot that, that with the South wind, we, we can hunt and, and have hunted in the past with, with uh, several times, uh, w- w- without educating any, any deer. And so, so we had got in there um the, the night before and and saw i think i counted uh 28 deer in 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 the field that that that's that first e- evening that i hunted it and uh one of them was was that eight pointer that uh uh the four and a half year old eight pointer and uh that that I, that I was after but but he uh he, he came he came in ch- uh chasing does uh on the about 120 yards out uh into the field there and uh was was chasing does around in the beans and pushing them around and never came came any closer and we had uh two three and a half year old bucks that came in that first night and 
and presented shot opportunities and uh, got some got some cool footage of them and um a couple young bucks that fought right out in front of us and we i I had a really good good sit that first night and so uh um with the south wind and the the next evening i i planned to get to, to go right back in there um and i knew that i knew that buck that i was after was, was still in the area i had no clue about the bucks that that i uh that i ended up harvesting that he was anywhere anywhere around but uh um i, I knew that i didn't bump anything and, and i was going right back there the next night to see if if uh this time he'd, he'd fought that other buck would follow some does out maybe a little closer to me okay so you didn't you didn't see him right no i the the, the, the buck i shot I, I didn't see that that, that okay. first night. Okay, so the next night is is that the night that you ended up killing him? Uh, the, the next night is is the is the night that I that I ended up uh, putting an putting an arrow in him the first time. Okay, so you had you had a couple uh, multiple encounters with him. I, I I put an arrow in him the the first night and uh, ended up uh, ended up finding him alive two two days later um so talk to us about that okay so talk to us a little bit about that first encounter walk us through what happened there and talk you know where the shot placement was what he was doing was he spooked did you have to grunt him in lead us lead us from there well that uh that first night I saw him, there were already several deer out in the field and I was, I was filming a, uh, a, a deer that was, uh, he was a three and a half year old, uh, nine pointer, um, that, that had some kind of cool characteristics. And I, I was, I was filming him out in the field, uh, kind of pushing these does around and, uh, um, he was, he was grunting and, and, uh, um, out of the corner of my eye, I, I saw this tree over, uh, about 80 yards away at the, at the, I was kind of in the northwest corner of this field and over in the northeast corner of this field, I saw this tree shaking. And so, uh, I, I pulled the camera over there and, and I started looking and, and the footage was horrible because I was, I was looking towards, I, I was trying to look at him and, and wasn't really paying attention to what the camera was doing, but I was, I was looking at him and, uh, um, trying to see where see what was causing this tree to shake and and uh finally i caught it i i got a window through some tree branches where i could see him and uh just saw the uh he he was looking back back towards the east uh away from me and so i could just see his uh two g2 sticking up and uh how long they were and, and that they were almost touching and so i uh uh in, in the back back there and, and so i i uh you know, I, I immediately I, I knew that it was a big buck, but I hadn't really got a great look at him yet. I didn't know that it was it was the same deer I'd seen the year before, but I knew he was a deer that that uh, had humongous G2s. And if I if I ever got a chance to uh, if, if he ever came into range, that uh, he'd be in trouble. And so we we uh, or he uh, he worked that scrape there, and then uh, started to kind of go back into the timber um away from me and i didn't really know where he came from um but he but he uh he was working uh, working away into the timber and and he 
got just into the timber and I could, I could still see him there. And he was, um, was looking to the North. Um, and he was, he was just in the timber on the, on the East side of the field. And so I, at that point I, I put a couple grunts, to, grunts out and he, uh, he did look, look my way, but, but never, never really came that way. And he, um, took a few more steps into the timber and I, I couldn't, I couldn't really see him. It was, it was thick there and there were some branches hanging down. And so he, he, he left the field at, at, and, uh, and at that point walked, walked out of, uh, out of sight for me. Um, but I could still, I could still hear over there. There were more deer in that corner walking around just inside the timber that, that I couldn't see. And, uh, eventually another, uh, a, a doe came out right there and was kind of feeding out. And, uh, um, that, uh, that other, that nine pointer that was in, was in the field came, uh, started, started working his way towards, towards the doe over in that, that Northeast corner. Um, and then I, uh, uh, sh- she ran back in, back into the timber uh, when, when he started kind of jogging towards her and, uh, I lost, I lost sight of her and then he went in and I lost sight of sight of him. And, uh, so then there were just a couple small bucks out in the field left out in the field and, and both the deer that had, that had me excited had, had, had left. But, uh, pretty soon, uh, I, I looked back over and there was, uh, something had caught my eye over there and there was another deer working the scrape over there. And I looked back and it was, uh, it, it was the, the nine pointer and, uh, and he worked that scrape and was acting, acting pretty tough over there. And, uh, it was my view of that corner was obstructed by, by, some, by some limbs. So I could, I could only see bits and pieces of what was going on over there, but, uh, he was, he was kind of bristled up and, um, started started walking kind of kind of towards me and then i saw the buck again and he had he had came out on the north side um of the field there and uh was, was just right right on the field edge and uh and that that other buck was kind of postured up towards him and and uh when the uh when the buck i shot ended up uh posture, posturing up and wa- and walking towards him uh that that nine pointer decided that he wasn't quite so tough and, and, and kind of put his tail between his legs and, and, and headed out into the, out into the field, uh, and to, to worry about some other does that were, were down on the South end. And so then, so then, uh, I could just barely see this buck. He was right, he was right on the edge of the field and I was right on the edge of the field, but uh, I was on the far West side and he was on the far East side of it. Um, and so I could just barely look down that, and and catch some glimpses of glimpses of him every once in a while but uh but he was constantly looking back into the timber to the to the northeast and and uh i didn't know quite what was going on there and so he finally he um finally a, a doe kind of shot out past him and so i guess what he was doing was was trying to keep that doe away from the other deer and that were that were in the field he was kind of had her cornered off there and uh when that doe kind of shot out past him he followed her out into the field and out, out into the beans there and was, um, was at that point he was about 60, 60 yards and coming towards me. Um, uh, she was kind of coming from, she was about 
20 yards out into the field and coming from, from east to west ac- across the field. And he uh, was following her every step of the way, uh, about 10 or 15 yards behind her. Okay. So how long from that moment until you drew back for the shot? Um, well, they, they, they weren't in a hurry that doe was, was, was just feeding and, and he was, he was quite happy with, with her feeding in the, in that corner away from the rest of the deer that were another 60 or 80 yards out into the field. And so, uh, um, he definitely was, was, didn't want to have to, have to her, her to get out with, with all the other deer there. Um, right. and so he, he was kind of a little bit further out into the field than she was and just kind of paralleling her as, as she came, came across. And, uh, and so they were out there for maybe 15, 15 minutes, um, or so before, before, uh, he finally worked into, uh, to 35 yards and, and she was, she was at about 25, but he was just a little bit further out in the field than, than, than she was. Um, and, uh, and that, that's when I finally, uh, decided that he wasn't getting, any closer and he was he was within within range that I, that I was comfortable enough to uh to draw back and try to take a shot at him how far was that shot 35 yards 35 yards okay and you felt comfortable at 35 yards uh yeah i i, I shoot my bow pretty pretty regularly i've i've got a uh a uh a, a hoyt uh nitrum and it's uh uh, I, I shoot out to 50 yards regularly and I, I wouldn't shoot, I wouldn't shoot a deer at 50, but, uh, but I, I've killed several, several does at 40 and, and, uh, thir- 35 was, was something I was comfortable with, especially uh, with a deer that was completely focused on, on that doe and, and wasn't spook, you know, d- didn't have any idea that I was, I was in the world. Okay. So you drew back, you settled your pin, you squeezed the trigger. What happened? Well, I wish I could say I, I drew back, settled the pin, and squeezed the trigger. I um, drew back, and uh, everything's a blur. I, I uh, uh, like I said, this is my first buck with a bow, so right. um, I'd killed se- several does, and, and uh, those I really settled the pin and, and squeezed and squeezed the trigger, and I've never never had a problem with those. But uh, um, I, I I drew back, and uh, and the next thing I remember is was he had an arrow sticking out of him, and and he was running out, running out of the field, but um, I, I didn't. I I I feel I, after the, after that point, I felt uh, you know really really bad. I um, you know where I let, the, where did the shot hit? Well, it 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 hit him in the uh, in the shoulder. Um, he he was he was facing. Um, I I hit him on uh, in his in his right shoulder and. Uh, but as he as he exited the field, um, I could I could tell his left he was carrying his left leg. So I knew I knew I got through the through the shoulder enough to to break that offside offside shoulder um, because he his left shoulder was or his left leg was just was just dangling as, as he as he left the field, and so uh, I, I so, felt like I had enough penetration to uh, to kill him. But it was a little forward, right? It was. It, it was. It, it was a, a little forward. It was. Uh, it, it it definitely uh, w- was into that other shoulder blade. 
Okay. Yeah, the, the, so, but, but you got good penetration, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, there, there was a lot of arrow left st- sticking out. It wasn't, it wasn't a pass, a pass through, but, but, uh, but I, I, I knew from, from seeing his offside shoulder or his, his offside leg, um, him not using his offside leg that, that I, I at least penetrated, you know, through the chest cavity. Okay. So did he walk away like fast or was he in a lot of pain and kind of just really slowly walked away? Right after the shot, he took, he took three or four bounds and was, was at the edge of the field and, uh, and, and stopped there and then, and then took, took a few walking steps in, into the timber and then, uh, and the timber, it, the terrain there start, starts to drop off pr- pretty steep. And uh, so he got he got out of sight with just because of the tr- how the terrain lays pretty pretty quick um, uh, for, for me. But but he he uh, he definitely didn't didn't run off uh, okay. l- like I would have liked to see. You know, if I if I would have double lunged him or something like that. Right. So what what was your first reaction? Did you did you think oh he's dead or did you think uh oh I'm in trouble? Well, before the the as soon as I as soon as I shot, I knew that I didn't take my time and, and settle the pin like I like I should have, and uh, the, so so the the uh, I I I knew that I I knew that I I hadn't hit him exactly where I wanted to, but but then I saw that offside leg dangling usually if you you know buried in that offside shoulder dead deer you know yeah. um so, was there so a lot of blood I, I i didn't i from the stand I, I didn't see a lot of blood and and uh uh one, once eventually i got down i, I didn't uh i i didn't i i did find blood in, in the field but but not a lot okay so the so you got down did you go back to your truck or did you go and look at the site, the impact? Um, I, I, I got down and I, I, I walked out to the, uh, uh, to, to the spot where, where I shot him. And, uh, um, I, I shot him with about an hour left of left of, of daylight. And okay. so I waited about, I, I waited about 45 minutes, um, before I even got down. And, and then I, I got down and just walked straight to where I, where I thought, where, where, where I, I tried to find where, where I shot him. I couldn't find any blood right there. Um, I got, and so I, I took, I took a few, a few steps following the, the trail where he, where he ran, ran out. And I, I found my, I found first blood and, uh, I stuck an arrow in the ground there and then, uh, and then went back to, to the truck. I was going to, uh, give him some more time and, and come, come back with some, some, uh, some buddies to, to help, to help me, uh, blood trail him. Okay. So fast forward a little bit, you get your buddies. Um, give me an abbreviated next couple hours. So you, you and your buddies, you look for blood and was there a lot of blood? Was it sparse? What was the deal? Yeah. So, uh, uh, there, there wasn't a lot of blood. We, we, we get, uh, we, we, we gave him, we gave him about two hours before, before we started look, uh, looking. So, uh, uh, it was, it was about an hour after dark or so, uh, when, when we start, when we started looking and, and there, uh, there wasn't a lot of blood. It was a speck here, a speck there, uh, maybe a spot where he stopped where, where there was, there was a little puddle, but, but never a lot of blood. And, uh, 
we never we never found the arrow that that first first night so we uh how long until you decided okay guys we need to actually just back out and give him some more time before we before we bump him well we we uh we tracked him about 250 uh yards or so and um he had been going downhill the whole time there was a steep hill to his left and uh and a really stout fence to his right um and so he had been just following this this trail that kind of led downhill the whole time and uh after about 250 maybe maybe uh 300 yards we 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 decided that uh the blood was really sparse and uh we were going to back out and, and and wait for the morning and uh we thought he was going to just stay on that trail and keep keep going down downhill uh and we we didn't want to push him because that uh that fence line is uh what w- was a property line and uh we didn't want to have to have to go talk to the neighbors about trying to trying to track a deer on them because they're big hunters too, and we didn't want to have to tromp through their property. And so we we said, okay, at, at this point, I, I still think this deer's dead, but but we're we're going to back out and uh, and okay. we so so we we backed out and and uh, came back again the next morning. And uh, next morning, you pick up where you left off. Any more blood? Yep. Yeah, the, the the next morning, uh, uh, we we picked up where we left off. We found we found a little bit uh, a little bit more blood on that on that same trail. But then he uh, he surprised us and and took a left and and started going going up the hill, uh, which okay. is a steep hill, and uh, and for a deer that that had a broken at least a, one broken shoulder, uh, that was that was kind of uh, a surprise to us, and uh, so he. Uh, he, he went uphill about 120 yards and got to the edge of a field. And, uh, once he hit that field, we never found any more blood. Okay. Um, and, uh, it, it had been really sparse before that. And we were on our hands and knees, a speck here and a speck there. And, uh, um, that, that n- night before that, I, I had, uh, uh, the night that I shot him, I was really upset with myself. Uh, I'd let, you know, the, the antlers on top of a, of a deer's head, you know, make get me excited and, and made a bad right. shot and right. we, we, we've all been there but but i i uh you know I, I was i was really really disappointed in myself and so i went went ahead and notched my tag and so it was uh I, that, that next morning the rest of my buddies w- went out hunting and and i i had I, I was actually uh tracking myself that that morning um but by the time i got by the time i got up to the edge of the field it was uh it was getting towards 10 10 30 um, and so, uh, since I hadn't found any more blood, um, my buddies had, uh, said they'd get down around then and, and come over. And if I, if I hadn't found them yet, we'd, we'd continue looking together. So, so that's when they, uh, they came back and, and helped me look for more blood around along that, that field edge. And we, uh, we didn't, we didn't find any, any, any more, more blood when he, when he went into the field. And I, I don't, I don't know if he, if he just stopped bleeding or, or, since he wasn't on a trail anymore, we just, we just didn't find where he, where he crossed there. But, um, we, uh, so then we, we started to, to grid search, uh, uh, and we were doing that for about an hour and a half when, uh, when we, we jumped him up, uh, okay. he was in a little wood lot. And, uh, when you jumped him, was he, go, was he slow or was he fast running out of there? Uh, he, he was, 
I, I, I never, I never got to, got to see, see him. Uh, I, I was, I, I was about 80 yards away through, through some thick timber. Um, but, but he, uh, but my, my buddy saw him and he said, you know, he, he struggled getting up right away. But, uh, but then once, once he got up and got going, uh, he got out, he, he saw, he saw him out when he got out into the back out into the field and, uh, crested crested a crested a little hill there and got out of sight he said he was running really well um to uh to begin with uh or to to uh, after he got going he, he was mo- moving really well i asked him about the about his, his you know if his leg was still was was dangling like i thought i saw the night before and he he said he he you know didn't didn't really see that so um so then i he was heading toward. He was heading south toward, toward the toward the gravel road, and uh, and so we thought he was going to cross the road and go onto the south side of the property. Tell me about the, you know when you when you actually caught back up with this deer and ended you know ended up putting the final yeah. arrow in him that ended up killing him. Yep. So the 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 next morning it was uh, it was uh, Sunday morning. Then we um, we had decided that I, th- my buddies were going to hunt, we're going to hunt again that morning. And after they got, they got done hunting, we were going to, uh, look toward, l- look for them some more on the, on the South side of the property. Uh, there was one woodlot, uh, kind of to the East of, of where we were at, um, that, uh, we decided to, to walk through there real quick before, uh, uh, before we headed to the South side of the property, j- just in case he might've took a little turn and, and bedded down in there because that was the closest piece to piece of woods that he, he could have got to from the time we jumped him. And so we, we started to push through there and it was just an old barn and, and a pond and, and a little clump of trees. And, and he was in that clump of trees. We, uh, we, we jumped him and, uh, this time he, he, he couldn't go. Um, he had, uh, stiffened up o- o- overnight and, and I don't know if he hurt himself more or if my first shot had, uh, had my arrow, my broadhead was, was still in him when we, when we, when we found him. So I don't know if, if it had done some, some more digging around in there, but, but, uh, th- this time he, he, he couldn't get up and go. And so, um, I was able to, to get another shot at him at about, uh, 15 yards and, uh, and put it, put it a good shot, double lung shot on him and, uh, and ended up, uh, you know, he expired right there. He, he didn't go any further. Well, I know sometimes it can, sometimes it can, you know, we all wish for the heart shot, the double lung shot that ends up taking them really fast. But, uh, you know, I've talked with two of my really good friends this year who have hit big bucks and never, you know, either got guts or got too high or too bad you know, or, uh, even something like you, where it was a little bit too forward or too high and forward. And, uh, it, uh, that, that, that happens. And, uh, at least you, you were persistent enough to continue to look for him and find him and, uh, and, uh, you know, be the victor in that story, so to speak. Yeah, I had, uh, you know, when I shot him, I, I knew that that deer was, uh, was going to die eventually if, if, uh, the coyotes found him or, or, or if I did. And so, you know, I, I had, I had my tag and even though I had, uh, three or four more days before I had to leave, I had decided that, that that was the deer that where I was going to, uh, going to, 
you know, have tagged that year, whether, whether I found them or not. And, um, like I said, I, I was, you know, felt, felt horrible about, about the situ- situation, uh, because if I would have taken time, I know I could have, could have made, made the shot, but, uh, his, his antlers got me excited and, and, uh, hopefully that won't happen again in the future. Right. Well, congratulations on that buck. And, uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to come on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Dan, and, and uh, keep up the great work. And there you have it, another Hunter Profile podcast in the books. Huge shout-out to Landon for coming on the show and sharing uh, some time with us, sharing his stories with us. Uh, really appreciate that. Another huge shout-out to all you guys who are the listeners. Uh, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to download this podcast and uh, spend it with me. Huge shout-out to Exodus Trail Cameras and Deer Lab. Be sure to check out those guys. Other than that, man, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, Um, go to iTunes and leave a review. Those are always appreciated. And if you guys are in a tree and you're going to be hunting, even if you're not hunting, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good week.